0: revelations full of numbers and codes and a lot of symbols, especially the number seven. On this episode of Inverse, the last septet we find, the seven plagues, on this episode of Inverse.
1: Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse.
0: Hi, everyone. We're so happy you decided to join us for this week in our study of Revelation on Inverse. We have our guys. This is the guys, another guys only episode. And we're in one of the one of the tough chapters of Revelation, Revelation 15 and Revelation 16. Um, when We look at Revelation. We've talked about the, the structure of the sanctuary and going to the holy place and the most holy place. We saw seven seven sevens, yeah? What are some sevens that we've seen throughout the book of uh, of Revelation?
2: Seven churches. Seven churches. We got the seven seals.
0: Seven seals and then seven, seven trumpets, trumpets, right? Yep. And those sevens all paralleling each other in the holy place. But now we are kind of have shifted gears where uh, I think someone said there was a hinge and now we're in a new section and now in the most holy place There's another septet. This septet is different This group of seven is not connected to the first three and we're to spend some time uh, today on that So Jared if you can have a prayer for us and ask the Lord for his blessing.
3: Yeah, let's pray Father, thank you for your word as we study it, especially this Heavier chapter we pray that you would lead us to your son Jesus Give us
0: wisdom, we pray in your name. Amen. 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 And then, Sebastian, chapter fifteen of Revelation, and I want you to read from verse one and twenty-three. All right.
2: <clears throat> then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous. Seven angels having the seven seven last plagues, for in them the wrath of God is complete. And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have the victory over the beast over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name. Standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God, they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of saints.
0: Verse 4, Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, and all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. After these things I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. And out of the temple came out the seven angels having the seven plagues, clothed in pure linen and having their chests girded with golden bands. Jared, verse 7 and 8, please.
3: Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. The temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed.
0: All right, that's chapter 15, one of the shortest chapters of of Revelation. Israel, what's going on in chapter 15?
4: Chapter 15 is a prelude to chapter 16. Chapter Mm -hmm. 16 is going to kind of pretty much expound on what those seven last plagues are. Mm -hmm. What's significant about this passage is that before we are introduced To what the seven plagues do, to their accomplishment, to Mm -hmm. their effect and impact. We have first a picture that is uh that is a picture of victory, a picture of of success and of overcoming. Mm -hmm. And you find that specifically in verse uh in chapter fifteen and verse two. It says, And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire and notice what it says about the sea on top of that sea you have people who are standing who had victory over the beast one over his image two over his mark three and over the number of his name four mm. and then the bible says that these individuals are standing on the sea of glass with the harps of god mm-hmm. and so when you have uh, what you have here described is a group of people that is first of all stand, god's people are standing mm. they're not broken they're not fallen they're standing. That means that they've accomplished a, a, a victorious Victoria, end. Victory, yeah. And then it says here that they've been victorious over the beast, over his image, over his number, over like every single element of the, of, of that power, of that beast. Mm. And so you have here, in other words, you have a picture of God's people being tested and them being able to succeed in each of those tests that have been given mm-hmm. and so you have um you have there that picture of success then it goes into that song that is being sung and that song is a song of these individuals proclaiming that God is a god of justice mm-hmm. that God is a god of righteousness and that he's now vindicating uh, the, his people that have suffered these things. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I, th-
3: I think that that's a key point because before the Bible discloses essentially these judgments of God upon the earth before Jesus comes, mm-hmm. it flashes it forward and it um, essentially describes what we will say as those people whom God has saved in looking back and saying, God, you, you are just, you are righteous. Your judgments have been, have been made manifest. Like Mm. we see everything that you've done as they, as they have experienced it, and as they examine the records and so forth. And they, they essentially audit what God has done and said, you are righteous. So we go into that. That's a crazy
0: thought. I mean, if you stand back, it's, it's almost as if the judgment God has already in His mind and in His wisdom and His omniscience, He's already judged people. He already knows what's going on. But here, it seems like He's opening Himself up to to be judged by human beings. And human beings are like, look, we looked at the records and we saw, and God, your mm. your your decisions are good. Right. Like, he's being
2: evaluated. What
0: kind of, What kind of God is that? Is that What kind of God does that? Well, think you
2: know? of I mean, think about it. He's He's the kind of person. He's so confident in his ways, being true and just, that he's willing to give it exposure. Mm. And I believe Christianity, one of the things that makes it unique as a religion is it invites evaluation. It invites judgment and criticism, right? You don't have to convert in order to evaluate and to test and see, is Christianity legit or is it not? Mm. God is the God who said it from the very top. And to say, look, you can evaluate me. You can come now and let's reason together. Yep. See my ways. Behold how I did things, and let me know: am I just, am I not just? Yep. And I feel like that kind of removes the seed of doubt that was initially planted by Lucifer from the very beginning.
0: These are like principles yeah. of what transparency and accountability that yes. successful businesses are advocating, mm-hmm. successful governments are advocating. But this isn't. These are old concepts. These are yeah. not modern <laughs> concepts. God no. has it in His character to do that. Is From the right.
4: very beginning, what Satan has said is false. Mm. And that's proven over and over and over again. And for someone, for us as human beings to just to, to consider God and to look at him as a God that is unjust is just simply not possible <laughs> when you understand who he is. Mm-hmm. There's a few things I think that verse uh, four point out. Okay. Um, verse four. Yeah. So there it says, Um, Who shall, who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? And there it says, why? For you alone are holy. I think that's a critical phrase in this passage. We have a situation where we as God's people want vindication. Right. Like, hey, I followed the method. God, I followed the path. I followed you. Mm -hmm. And because I have followed you, I have suffered injustice. And we have this feeling a lot of times. Right. We want God to vindicate us, vindicate us, God, because we are right. We are holy. What we have done is we are just But then at the conclusion of everything, it's actually, actually we're not just. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here he's saying you alone are holy, even in the times where I thought I was right and someone was misrepresenting me or someone was persecuting me or I suffered Mm -hmm. for your sake. Actually I didn't. I was never right. I was never holy. The holiness is strictly and only belonging to you. And so we have this mm-hmm. acknowledgement of God's people that nothing in this life mm-hmm. has ever changed God. He's been holy yesterday, today, and forever. And we will have the ability to proclaim. This that. is
0: a cool uh, hymn that they're singing because you know in verse two they had the victory over the beast, the victory over his name, and. I don't know, in a carnal sense, if you've just won this awesome war, it'd be like, "Yes, awesome! We just did it!" But they don't—they can't say that because at the end, they're like they're, they're praising God. Yeah. That's you know? right. They, they have no self, uh, no yeah. self glorification, glor- glorification or, going on. Yeah. yeah.
2: Or and think about the fact that the song of Moses, right? The, when they sang a song, they were delivered. Right. So this is not Moses is not singing a song because, like, oh, look what I did and come. delivered yeah, my people. Right, right. It's like, no, we're singing a song, which is the Lord is the one that plunged Pharaoh and his chariots into the sea. Right. And made a way for us. So he is our God and I will prepare him. Right. That habitation, my father's God. So when you go back to those songs back then, it was a song of deliverance from the very beginning, that God did for us what we could never have accomplished for ourselves. Right.
0: So let me ask you this question. I mean, this this is, there are some elements, if you do a superficial reading, so help me out with this. Like, there's some people, they say, you know, who, sh- uh, who shall not fear you, O Lord? And we talked about the three angels' message, fear God. Mm-hmm. And then there's these elements of the, the plagues coming out and mm-hmm. all this destruction and judgment going on. Like, it's kind of kind of scary yeah. you know and so uh, how do we does it need balance or does it need realignment in our understanding what's going on church
3: well i think as we get into the plagues okay. um it, it helps to understand like in 16 verse 1 if we could go there yeah it says that 16 the, revelation 16 1. Yeah, and yep. i'll just read it then i heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels go and pour out the bowls of, ra- of the wrath of god upon the earth so in these plagues it's like they're containers for god's wrath okay 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 well what is god's wrath god's wrath isn't like my wrath okay he his thoughts if you apply the biblical principle it was his thoughts and his ways are above our thoughts and ways yes we get into trouble when we make him out to be like us like we've ticked him off yeah. and he's really angry and now he's just going to give us what we deserve <laughs> so that's some, not like
0: dark hooded emperor who's just angry and wants to fry us with his electricity
3: exactly okay so so if i could just if you could hear him, we could turn to the book of uh, romans chapter romans, one Romans is, 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 one is a perfect example Example, okay. Romans one, okay. So in Romans chapter one, verse sixteen, it's talking about the everlasting gospel. It says the righteousness of God is revealed. Well, then after that, in verse eighteen, it says that the wrath of God is revealed. Okay. How is the wrath of God revealed? In verse twenty-four, it says God gave them over to what they wanted. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. In verse 26, God's wrath is them giving them up to their vile passions. In verse 28, God gives them over to a debased uh-huh. mind. The crazy thing about God's wrath is it's not that he's coming, you know, in anger. He, God's wrath is essentially him saying, what you've always wanted, You're gonna do- I'm going to give it. To C.S. Lewis says, either we say your
2: will be done or God will say your will be done. Hmm. And that's really the choice, right? Hell is a place that's locked from the inside. Mm -hmm. You locked yourself in. God did not shut you in. And then, you know, lock the door and throw away the key. Okay. And I think that's key, you know, from what you're saying in Romans. So the
0: context of these seven plagues then are humanity has made their choice for these things. They put this upon themselves. God ultimately
3: is giving them what they desired. I think that we're going to see that as we start going through these plagues.
4: What's important, I think, for us to understand is that there is no, a lot of times we try to make balance God out yes all right so god is an angry god but his anger is balanced with kindness and mercy yeah. and so it kind of depends what time of the day you have an interaction with him <laughs> you know like if you get him at five that's that during his true fickle
0: god yeah, it's capricious and, god. And, yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. moody
4: that's sometimes. how i am. i'm moody whenever. Is god and, yeah. grumpy <laughs> yes god is not like me so right here amen if i lean this way anger <laughs> if i lean this way is you know nice and so god is not human god amen. is not made in the image of man amen and so um
0: Well, hold that thought. So Israel's going to talk about, is God grumpy? And he's going to conclude. We want to hear this after the break.
1: Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now back to the discussion.
0: Hey guys, welcome back. So Israel is God grumpy At what time He's of not, the day that you go to yeah. church that you're going. Yeah. God to is not prayers?
4: grumpy. He's not made in the, we're, God is not made in the image of man mm. in that God is fickle and God is God needs balance, right? In other words, I guess what I'm trying to say is chapter 15 of Revelation is not the balance to chapter 16, okay. but it's the context. And so what God is saying or what is being told to us in Revelation chapter 15 is providing a context for Revelation chapter 16. What's the context? The context is God is a trustworthy God. He's a trustworthy individual. And so that's what's being said. Look, he's trustworthy in that he's going to grant victory to those who want victory. Mm -hmm. And the victory that is granted is complete victory, victory at every single step of the way. So like when we take an exam, right? Like when I first took my driver's license exam it was horrible mm. I, I almost failed I should have failed yeah <laughs> I, so I took my I took my driver's license exam I never read the book I just showed up and I'm like I need a driver's license to get home and I was in a boarding <laughs> academy and and so I took the I took the license to, uh the driver's license test and they had the, when they were grading it they put a, a paper over it and they were marking off the wrong ones and you could only get like 16 wrong or something and then they marked the 15th one and I'm like oh no one more and this is it and and I, I thankfully I passed. What what is what is happening here <laughs> is not, not. Thankfully, yeah. <laughs> thankfully. These are the people Thankful. on the road. <laughs> yeah. Pray for Sebastian. Pray for Sebastian. <laughs> Am I allowed to hit him on TV? Yeah, sure. Okay. The wrath. Yeah. Ratings okay. will go up. Yeah. Okay. I was sure. the one administering <laughs> the test. <laughs> so um, so what happens here is that God is giving. He's giving not just victory to everyone he wants, uh-huh. uh, to everyone who wants it, but he's giving complete victory. You're passing every test over the beast, over his image, over, his image, over the number, over whatever, whatever. And so you have this context that God is a God who's worthy to be trusted. Mm-hmm. Now, after that has been established, after we can establish that God is trustworthy, that his character is a character of love, then that provides context for the the, the, the plagues being poured out, mm-hmm. right? So it's not a balance, but it's a context. Mm-hmm. And
2: I also think it, it transitions into the fact that the Bible says here in chapter 15 and verse 8, that the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at the fact that a man entering a temple is for the purpose of intercession, because only the priests were allowed into the temple. Yes. So here when it says no man can enter, this means that God's mercy in providing a high priest, the best high priest in the person of Jesus Christ, as we've established in earlier chapters— he was interceding on behalf of humanity. And now it's gone to the point where God has extended mercy after mercy after mercy. And now no man can enter that the seven last plagues are not. Well, you know what? I'm angry. God is saying, this is my last opportunity. Cause mm-hmm. let's be truthful. If God was really the wrathful trying to destroy you God, he doesn't need to send plagues. He could just kill you. Mm-hmm. But why does he send progressively painful plagues? Right. The Bible is letting us know that he sent these plagues as a last plea of mercy Mm -hmm. to bring them and as we looked in revelation 14 the third angel was sending the warning don't do this don't so you don't get the wrath of god Mm -hmm. so why would a god who hates you and is angry and is grumpy warn you a b send a man to intercede for you and then c use plagues that are not going to kill you but just enough to get your attention Mm. and to recognize that in these plagues right if we look in chapter 16 in verse 9 it says and the men who were scorched with great heat And they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues. And they did not repent and give him glory. Mm. So they knew, right, that why these plagues were coming was God was trying to bring them back to repent, to change direction, to change your approach and your mindset. They still
0: resisted. And they
2: still resisted even then. Mm. And I think this is really the very heart of God is in the last plagues. Mm. It's like when I have to discipline my children, it hurts when you're, like, constantly warning your child and guiding them, like, man, you don't want the consequences, right? You don't want the consequences. That's what I tell my kids. You know you're going to get the consequences. And then when the, day, the moment comes, it's like when I see them doing the very thing, it actually, my heart drops because I'm like, man, why did you do this? Like, <laughs> we don't want to go through the discipline and, and the sadness. And you're saying the only reason I'm doing this is, again, to try to bring you back. Right, and to save you from any potential future harm, and I see the seven last plagues is actually the bleeding heart of God, mm. trying to save people and say, "Look, this is all I have left. Once He pours this out, there's nothing
0: else God could do." That motif is is found in the fourth uh, plague, but it's also repeated again in the fifth plague. Yeah, so yep. verse uh, chapter 16, verse 11. They blaspheme the God of heaven because of their pains and sorrows, and did not repent of their deeds. You see this kind of this theme throughout Revelation. You saw it back in Thyatira, in the seven churches, all mm-hmm. throughout. These people are not repenting, not repenting, mm-hmm. and God is showing more forth of more of His love. He's also using fear as a, He's just doing everything He can, yep. and they're just not responding. They no, respond.
4: and it's what. And and that's why the the book of Revelation is critical, because it's God's way of telling us what the future is going to be like. Mm. In other words, he's saying, look, you're on a trajectory in life mm. and you're headed one of two directions. And if you're headed the direction of Revelation chapter 16, this is what's going to ultimately happen to you. Mm. You're going to reach a point where no matter what I do for you, you will not repent. You will not change. And so it's critical for you right now to hear, to accept to 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 mold your life after what i'm asking you to do because this is the outcome and and we've faced it many times whether we're working in companies or we're working with our kids mm-hmm. where we've gone through things enough times where we know hey if you keep on going this way this is where you're going to end up and so God's warning in Revelation chapter 16 is for us to not be a part of Revelation 16. Amen.
0: Let's go to the sixth uh, plague there. I think we should spend some time. because is this, this is, It's a little bit different from the rest of the plagues. Sebastian, so, can you read from verse 12 onwards there?
2: Yep. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up, so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons performing signs, which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty.
0: Keep going, verse 16.
2: And they gathered them together to the place called in Hebrew Armageddon. Then this...
0: In verse 15, no, you use yeah. verse 15. Yeah. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So this is a little bit of a different, kind of a different tone uh, mm-hmm. to the plagues. Jared, what's going on in this sixth plague? This is... An incredible reference um, to the River Euphrates,
4: mm-hmm.
3: Babylon sat on the river Euphrates, mm-hmm. and we 're going to get into Babylon in the next chapter in chapter seventeen, even though Babylon has been referenced. This is yes. the strength of Babylon, yes um, when uh, other powers would come and try to surround Babylon, there was nothing they could do because it was an impenetrable fortress, right, but it sits on the Euphrates river, so it 's being nourished constantly. This is talking about um you know, referencing the, the, the Euphrates River drying up. Mm-hmm. That's how Babylon actually fell as the Medo Persians diverted the river. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, interesting story from from the Old Testament. But it's saying Babylon in the last days is gonna lose its mm-hmm. power. It's gonna go down. Mm-hmm. Um the the frogs, I mean this is a direct reference to the the plagues of Egypt.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Plagues <laughs> of Egypt. There's the frogs, and keep going. You yeah. All right. Your...
3: So yeah. So um, oh man, you'd like baited God, us. Yeah. No. <laughs> you us <just, laughs> <choice might> more. <laughs>
0: um,
3: so Moses comes in, yeah, right? Yep. And God is giving him directives. He's he's bringing these plagues. The um, uh, Egyptian sense. magicians are actually able to counterfeit those things, and one of those references was the plague. Oh I think it was the frogs. last
0: plague that they could they could counterfeit it was the frogs. Correct. Yeah. So this is almost like Satan's last counterfeit attempt mm-hmm. to, to to dupe the world here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, And I I love the background that you bring, Jared, because when you're reading scripture, I mean, it takes its cues all from the Old Testament, from the Gospels, really from Genesis to Jude that we've established in episodes Mm -hmm. one and two. I remember one time I came home late at night and I'm watching one of those, you know, late night uh, prophecy shows on evangelical TV and. And, man, I mean, this guy was saying there were great river Euphrates, that this, this battle's gonna happen in the literal Euphrates in Iraq. Mm. And then you know, see the kings of the east, the where's east, three kings, that's Korea, Japan, and China. They're gonna come in, and they're gonna <laughs> conquer Iraq. And then three frogs are coming out. Well, frogs are green and the american military it's green so the american uh, this is this is this hodgepodge of a mercy uh, it was it was fascinating to see the creativity of the interpretation <laughs> but it's very clear when you see that these are old testament stories this is cyrus coming in from the east and he's drying up the euphrates and now babylon is going to be uh, going to go away yeah. the the frogs are going back to egyptian uh, places. this is awesome stuff and
2: yeah. then also look at the fact that in verse 14 it yes. says they are the spirits of demons performing mir- signs or mm-hmm. miracles mm-hmm. so when you think about this idea that all miracles are not from God. Mm -hmm. And so you know that these counterfeit things that are taking place are in regards to the supernatural, Mm -hmm. right, bringing activities and experiences that normally you would attribute to God, right, which is what that counterfeit piece goes back to Egypt. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, how do I know that the Lord sent you? Well, he does this plague. And it's like, well, my magicians can do the same plague. Mm -hmm. So then there becomes this confusion and division In the mind of the onlooker, like, wait, if
4: you can do the same thing, then how do we know which one is the true God? I think and it's the the most important part for me of of this entire passage is chapter is verse verse 15, because you have now you have Satan's strongest attack on on God's on God's plan. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come, I'm going to reproduce signs and wonders. I'm going to, this is my fi- the whole world. I'm coming, yes. I'm coming full force. Yes. And so what is it that's going to help us to stand in that? Yes. What's going to help us to go through that? And then you have verse 15, the words of Jesus. Yes. Right in the midst of those, of those uh, plagues, you have the words of Jesus. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Mm-hmm. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see their shame, his shame. Mm-hmm. The safety in the seven last plagues, the safety when it comes to uh, Satan's counterattack, the safety when it comes to battling Satan and his full force is the garment. And so Jesus is saying, yeah, the righteousness of Christ, here's what it is. And he's saying what we need to focus on When it comes to Bible prophecy, what we need to focus on when it comes to the wrath of God against unrighteousness, what we need to focus on when it comes to the deceptions of Satan against the Christian is not trying to outsmart Satan Mm. is not trying to make deals with God, but it comes down to. Do we have the garments of Jesus Christ? Is yeah. the, is the shame of our nakedness mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. our unrighteousness covered with the righteousness of Jesus Christ? And, mm-hmm. and what prophecy does many times to us is it makes us afraid. Oh man, I gotta read enough revelation so that I'm not scared or I'm not, you know, uh, deceived. No, no, no. That's not where the power comes from. Mm-hmm. The power comes from right now. Do I have the righteousness of Jesus Christ? Is it covering me? Mm-hmm. That's the only defense against Revelation chapter six. And that's huge,
2: because when you look at the first coming of Christ, right, and you have the Pharisees who knew the scriptures, who knew all the pieces, and yet they were not there, right? Yeah. The deception was not a lack of knowledge, right? It was not a lack of, of any of these other pieces that we may think, if I dive into this aspect of Revelation, as they knew the prophecies of the Old Testament, that they would be there at the event. But they were not, right? It was only simply the humble Mary, these individuals who are complete submission and trust in Christ. And embedded in that same righteousness, mm-hmm. in depending upon Him, the wise men coming from the east. Mm-hmm. So they're like, "Here are you, right? You are Israel. You are the priests. You are the spiritual leaders, and yet you're not there." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's huge. Is is what you're saying is is such a big deal because I think we we focus on preparing ourselves, right, for a future event when it's really a daily preparation to receive. That like dep-
0: God is preparing us. That's
2: exactly right.
0: Yeah. This is a, this is a tough chapter. 15 and 16 are tough chapters, but after studying this chapter, I'm more comfortable with the plagues. These are not, this is not God coming out in anger, but this is God's plea for, for us to receive His righteousness. Amen. And I'm convicted. I'm hopefully, my, my brothers here are convicted. Hopefully you're convicted to take a hold of Jesus again if you haven't already. Take a hold of His righteousness and be covered with His white garment. It's His promise. It's His blessing. Hopefully you'll take hold of it right now. We'll see you next week here in Inverse.
1: You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.